welcome back, Ag Watchers. Uh, this is myself, Andrew Whitelaw, and Matt Dugleish, and we've got a very special guest. We've got Ryan Milgate, uh, who's a major farmer in, in the Wimmera and Northern Grampians, uh, and also VFF Grains Councillor for the Wimmera District. Ryan, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Is it? We'll find out, I guess. You'll, fi you'll find out in 20 minutes. <laughs> so, so, so Ryan, we thought we thought we 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 thought it was a good good opportunity to get you on, uh, not just to shit stir, but you know for serious stuff, serious talk, because we are, you know, serious people. We're we're laughing on the inside, outside, and som somber and sober on the inside at the moment. So, two topics we wanted to talk about was one that we know is something that's dear to heart to you is is the railways you're a bit of a you're a bit of a train spotter so we thought we'd we'd have a bit of a chat about that and and something that is you know we thought we'd have a chat about and we know something that is of interest to you as well is uh, is manure and and the new rules and regulations because uh, we always know you're a bit into a bit of shit stirring so manure should be quite a quite a good one for you we uh and we uh produce a bit of shit on this show i reckon andrew so um plenty to supply uh you know make sure we've got uh, good avenues to disperse well, it well that's why we want to talk about these new apa rules because this this show produces so much shit that we may come under the obligations of the epa yeah. and so so it's a big concern for the show is that you know we are producing <laughs> so much hot air and so much uh manure that we have to be very careful so ryan you're uh, late at night, so uh, thanks for coming on. Um, you had a good couple of weeks. Been harvest is over, harvest is finished. How, how, before we start, how was harvest? Harvest was really good. Yeah, the Wimmera. I think the Wimmera and well, Victoria. I think it was a record harvest. You're the numbers man. You can tell us that. But um, I think I just make uh, them up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, old habits die hard. Um, <laughs> No, so I think everyone's um, everyone's really happy. Um, not in our area, it wasn't a record breaker, but a very good solid year and um, quality's good. And yeah, no, it's um, plenty of trucks on the road because the trains don't work. So um, yeah. That's good though. Straight away, straight away with the segue, straight into the trains. It's a, he's a, this guy's seasoned professional, better than us, Andrew. We should get him on more often. Show oh, yeah. us how to but, but, steer the... But but he's he's got to remember that we're not professionals, so we've got to do our five minutes of of waffle before we get down to the nitty gritty and into the no, business. So, so ha harvest was finished. I I heard you were out floating it about in uh, in Melbourne recently at the uh, rural press club. How, uh, how, how was that? Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, we sort of myself and someone else who I'll keep unnamed for purposes of um an anonymity we uh happened to sneak into a, an event there last week yeah no, it was um interesting so we we did spot some mice on a rooftop bar at the end of burke street as well so um i expected rats there but we found mice oh, yeah. you rural press club events are always pretty good always a good crowd you you meet anyone interesting 
No, no, a few few analysts and a uh, few journalists and a couple of politicians. Yeah, nothing. Uh, yeah, nothing. Probably out of the ordinary in that sort of crowd. Oh yeah. So we'll move on, and you've been sort of. They always say that uh, you farmers never get out and about, but see, you, you get into the the high life, mixing it with with the politicians and whatnot. You get it. So I'm assuming you got a chance to talk about your favourite topic, which we're just going to go on to, is the railways. T- tell us a bit about it. What, give it as in layman's terms. In in layman's terms, um, yep. I reckon it's probably as layman as I could make it. Is it's um, we all know the TV show Utopia, uh-huh. where we get the yeah. So basically. It's um it's a cross between Utopia and John Clark and Brian Daw is what's <laughs> happened with the Murray Basin Rail project. I don't know what the second one is. I'm guessing uh-huh. that's an, an Australian thing. They were they were um yeah you'll you'll have to do a bit of uh, YouTube later on, but they're um so they used to basically the original satire duo, I suppose, and um yeah, so basically they started the rail job. $440 million come from the privatisation of the Port of Melbourne and they didn't quite get halfway. They didn't get very far at all, to be honest, and they ran out of money. And they that's, found that, more that's, money. That's not unusual for a, a government project to run out of money. Because, but go, go back a step, yeah? So that was the original agreement was that they would privatise the port, which the farmers had one of the largest investors or something. Is that right? Yeah. Or they, they ploughed a lot of the money into that over the years? That's correct. I believe um, we're stretching a bit beyond my um, realm here. but uh, I believe just, just, we... just, just, just make it up. It's fine. And then we can but... segue shit later. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 it, but that was the general crux of it is that yeah. the port was privatised and that money was then supposed to go for upcountry infrastructure improvements, namely, that... namely rail. That $440 million was earmarked for the standardisation of the Murray Basin Rail. So basically, the railway line from Mildura through the Mallee down to Melbourne, it was meant to be standardised to streamline, you know, not just grain. You've got all the uh, horticulture, almonds, all that kind of stuff that's grown up at Mildura and in the riverland up there to um, stick that on the rail, get it down to Melbourne nice and um, efficient, keep the roads, you know, relatively... And um, yeah, hasn't happened. So what? What, what well, happened? I'm going to say, Andrew, though, with the and Ryan, with the with the road system being in such good condition and repair out in the in the bush here, you probably don't really need the rails to be to be so um you know so crucial, well, is it? How good when, the roads are? Well, when you've got when you've got A star roads, like nearly every road in Victoria is bitumen. So you go to Western Australia and they're all graded, and Victoria it's almost perfect. Why do you need rail? <laughs> Oh, West Australia, I'm going to chuck a low blow in here for all the WA listeners because um, I do get all, a all bit two of, of them. <laughs> I get a bit of curry from mates. They say your roads in Victoria are terrible. And I said, yeah, roads are made of sand and gravel. So you can't have uh, good roads and good soil. So um, West Australia got fantastic roads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. But what so what is happening? I heard I read something uh, about concrete sleepers. Big issue of concrete sleepers. So what was the goal there? Yeah, so it's just 
just come to light the last uh, last day or so. So um, there was another $195 million come from the federal government, I believe, to try and finish off or, you know, get some get some repairs done to the line and, and actually get it operating. And uh, they're putting new concrete sleepers back to broad gauge. So the whole intent of the original process was to standardise the rail line. And I believe it's going to be one of the few rail lines left in Australia running on broad gauge. So you've got rolling stock that'll need to run for just one line, basically. And then, yeah, you can't load a train and send it. The whole idea was to be able to load a train, send it down to Melbourne, then it could head all the way up the inland rail link um, in New South Wales. But apparently that doesn't seem to be that important and the government are just whacking concrete sleepers under that can't be changed and stuck on broad gauge. So this is this is state government or That's federal correct. state? This is state government. And so don't get me wrong, I'm not a... Train spotting's a different thing in, in Scotland, so I'm not a big expert on this. But when we when we talk about this rail line, are we, is this connected with that big rail line that goes all the way up to like Moree and all the way through? Is that the idea that you would have rail line running same standard gauge all the way from the top of the east coast to the bottom? I believe I believe that's the intent. If you yeah standard gauge. So, you know, like we've had in the last two years when you've got a drought situation, you could load a train out of Sea Lake or Menangatang, for argument's sake. It's got to go down to Melbourne, but then it can just go head straight up. And and I think they go as far as Moree or further. I'm not sure, I think, but I think, yeah. I think further was the intention. So, and, they, and they were talking about that's for containerized trains as well. So and, up, and, up and down the country. But in terms of, so, right. In terms of that train, yeah. So if you if you've got different gauges, then it becomes inefficient. So if I'm a grain trader, I'm probably just going to say shove it on some trucks and then send it down because cost-wise, there's probably not a huge difference at that point when you start mucking around with, you know, changing trains and whatnot, changing rolling stock. So is that the big issue for you guys that, that you guys see because you're obviously on the, the VFF Grains Council? Is that what you guys see as the issue? Is that what, what is the major issue with that then? Just that deterioration of roads and safety? And yeah, um, I mean, it brings in, yeah, you've got one, the, the rail line's inefficient. So then obviously, who bears the cost of that at the end of the day is the farmer. Um, if the buyer, you've either got buyers not not willing to participate or participating at a discount or it's got to go by road on our fantastic road system that's A-class. Um, so, yeah, that's that's one part of it. And now I've just lost my train of thought on the second part. You need to ask slower questions. <laughs> I've got one. I've got one while you're thinking there, um, Ryan. Is, is part of the issue and, the I guess, the fact that this is a, something that's been ongoing for a good while is and it's a, it's a, probably a, a question more around just the, all those infrastructure pro type projects that are potentially longer term projects. Do you think the short election cycle and that focus nowadays on just you know getting elected every three or four years is that causing some of the issue as well that they're just we haven't got um, you know that that kind of political vision anymore? Or why do you need political vision in Victoria? There is no such thing as an election cycle in Victoria. <laughs> It's going to be Labour until the end of time. 
like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I, look, Ryan, you'll probably be able to answer this. And the question was for Ryan, but I'll answer it. Uh, but, you know, Dan Andrews could urinate on every door in Victoria and he'd still win, <coughs> most likely. So I, I don't know if it's the same as with the federal government where there is that concern when it comes to election cycles. Like in Victoria, do the Greens Labour really think they're not going to win? You know, have, have they, I, I can't remember. Have, when was the last time they weren't in, in power? Uh, Jeff Kennett. When was that? Uh, a while. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Brexit get in in 2001 or 99 yeah. back then? Yeah. Would that Indeed. be about? Yeah, I reckon you're pretty close, I think. It's a long, yeah. long, time, long time ago. So, so maybe it's not. It's not a major concern that election cycle, I wouldn't think. And and Dan Andrews, you know, all of our when when I look at sort of our followers and stuff, and and, and when I'm reading people's stuff on Twitter, he's not particularly popular. But that's with the people that I follow, and most of them are rural people, whereas the city is he's his his popularity is through the roof. So they'll win the next election. It's a landslide, better than the one the last one by far. Anyway, sorry, Ryan, you can... Actually, actually, I was just thinking then, we actually had we had a Liberal government in power with um, Napthine and, um, and uh, what's his name, the bloody, uh, the architect, can't remember his name now. That's... Uh, was, that was, in, was that in this decade? Yeah, it uh, was, it? yeah. Um, it was... Um, oh, maybe it was oh, mid, mid to Bellew, Ted, Ted Bellew and uh, Napthine, that government, they were, they were in for... For a session, so well, maybe maybe this current term just feels a lot longer. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, Ryan, yeah. <laughs> uh, back to back to back to the rail, uh, because I noticed you've canned your second glass of whiskey there. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we better we better get ask, answering these questions quickly uh, before it goes really downhill. The uh, devil's advocate here, yeah. Have you got on-farm storage? Yes. And how much? How much of your grain this year? You've had a decent crop this year. Yep. How much of that has gone into the system? Um, quite a fair percentage. Um, I suppose in the Wimmera you've got lentils too, which changes it a little bit. They're they're all export, but they're kind of packed locally. Where do um, they go? To, where do they go to? Into Wimpack. Oh, Frenchy! What a majority! So, uh, big shout out to shout out to Frenchy. Well, I keep, uh, I keep asking him to come on, but he's too bloody scared. Yeah, no, no, Fred, <laughs> Big shout out to Frenchy and Russ. They get their marketing uh, intelligence from the Bureau of Meteorology. So, um, yeah, <laughs> so they're, they're ready to get sued. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I remind them regularly. Um, but, but but going back to like, I guess my point is yeah. that we got more and more green staying on farm and going to domestic homes or, or to various different homes that aren't the system and aren't like the old style export pathways. So I was just wondering, is that a case of we don't really need the rail in the future quite as much? Cause, cause, cause if you, if you look in 10, 15 years, time, you're going to still have, you're going to start to transport it eventually. You can't all stay on farm, mate. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. But, but, but a lot of that's going to go to pig farms and chicken farms and, you know, whatever. I'm just curious. No, no, interesting question. Now, 
I'll go back to Matt's one earlier before you um, hijack the whole thread here, Andrew, about being tied to political cycles. And um, that's actually one of my big, and I don't know how you fix it, but I know road funding's the same. Um, road funding, you only get maintenance and, and it's all tied to political cycles and to buy votes. And until that's removed from the political sphere and turned into, um, you know, um, I've just lost the word I had, but it's, you know, infrastructure that needs to happen regardless of who you vote for. It's for everyone um, until, and it's probably never going to happen, but until until that funding cycle and everything's removed from the political side, we're here in the country any further than where the, well, we can basically say, what, outside the ring of steel? That's probably not a bad thing these days. If we live outside the ring of steel or the, I don't know what it was, the broken rubber condom or something that they had there, um, <laughs> we're not going to get looked after here. We're, we're only, a, you know, small percentage of the votes and um, it doesn't really matter if you're in the Mallee, it's basically... You know, it's a national seat. That probably won't change. So, why would a Labor government do anything for us? So, the, so, so this is the stance of Ryan. You, you're calling for succession of regional Victoria from Greater Melbourne, <laughs> the state of Riverina, a, a Vexit. <laughs> <laughs> so, the the Riverina state. It's been floated. I'm not across it, but uh, there's a few. Um, there's a few making a bit of noise about that. They reckon that's the way to go. But um, join, join but, yeah. Melbourne with Tasmania and rid of the rest of it. So anyway, yeah. Now <laughs> on on farm storage, these poor Tasmanians seem to give them Dan Andrews. Bloody hell. Um, yeah. So on farm storage, I reckon that's stemming from yes, we've got a we've got a a, a very you know and a, and a growing. Um, you know, uh, domestic market, but also probably what's really driving that is the, the lack of the lack of uh, investment in infrastructure by the bulk handlers in the last 20 years. They're, they're starting to catch up now, but farm, farm harvest capacity has outdone infrastructure for years on years now. And as farmers, we've found it easier to go our own way and make our own storage. And then um, that creates different pathways into market. Um, interestingly, this year there's a lot of grain going that's out of on-farm store going into the export market, but um, I guess it gives us the flexibility. The last couple of years, all the grain's gone north. Now it's all going south. But um, I mean, in an ideal world, we should all be running that into into the sites, whether it's during harvest or after harvest. Stick it on a train, send it down. You shouldn't have a thousand trucks a day or a thousand trucks a week going into Geelong, it should all be on a train. But the fact is it's cheaper, quicker and easier. So we all load our trucks up and uh, head off. You know, do you know where VFF should be campaigning? And this is don't don't laugh and don't smile as if I'm about to say something that's dodgy. This is this is a serious thing and I'm a very serious person. I just people don't take me seriously because of my accent. But you need to go to Grant Street in Bacchus Mass and stand at the corner next to George's Fish and Chip Shop with a banner just saying, we can get rid of these trucks. Because that road has constantly got um, 
trucks going through it all day long across the, a busy intersection and and half the town is is you know opposed to it because it's it's probably not great for the for the town because it's it's a pretty small town you've got these massive B doubles going through town all day long with carton carton fertilizer up and and carrying grain to port down to Geelong. So there's one tip. I'll, I'll give you that one for free. No consultancy uh, invoices will be sent, and I bet you'll get a good result. You're on the list. So so what's the next step then? Do you, do you reckon it's going to get anywhere with the rail, or are the government listening? I think it's pretty obvious they're not listening. Um, and that's the issue, I guess, is we're tied to tied to votes and, and um, obviously we don't have a lot of votes. We've got plenty of passion. We've got plenty of, um, you know, but when it's not tied to votes, what's the point? They just, yeah. Um, Jacinta Allen was, I heard, I don't know, you probably weren't out of bed, you guys. Did you get out of bed lunchtime or a bit after? You, you analysts living just, the dream. But, um, just just got up half an hour ago. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just getting ready for breakfast while you're having your third scotch, Ryan. You got, yes, got, 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 got to remember, Ryan, we work in international time zones as well. So, you know, so that's why we're uh, men of mystery. <laughs> but um, we, 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 just set up a, we just set up a Twitter feed, Twitter feed automatically with, with a bot. It's not our, it's not really our work. It's just some little program. <laughs> Jacinta Allen this morning. I'll um, paraphrase it for you, but um, yeah, she said basically that standardise of the rail is not our problem. It's a problem for the next government. So they're really not they're not interested. Well, that, and, um, well, yeah. that really, that's a good soundbite to maintain because when there is an election, we can. Uh, remind her that it's her problem because she's the government. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I guess it's a case of waiting and seeing. And look, it's not, it's not the only decision which, you know, government decision in recent times, which has been questionable. Uh, and I'm not talking about hotel quarantine. I'm talking about things that are bigger and, and things that are going to be long lasting and impact upon agriculture for, for eons. Matt, you know what I'm talking about? Sounds like you're talking shit to me, Andrew. Well, this is this is a time that we can we can talk shit, and we're actually, you know, being political. We're being we're, we're talking about something physical. We're talking yeah. about we're caring for the we're, we're actually caring for the environment through our shit talk. So give give us a rundown, Matt. What's what's been the been the issue? Yeah, well, that was I think it broke on a weekly Times story. Uh, uh, around the um, changes to the treatment of manure pr product, um, so reclassifying it as a industrial waste product, and then requiring obviously um, a whole heap of administration and um, you know, uh, oh, I think what was the the the, the use of a well, not a memorandum, but it was a, uh, uh, a filling out a a um, gosh. It escapes me now. <laughs> uh, you should have it in front of you, Andrew. Oh, well, like 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 uh, Ryan said when he came on before we started hitting the record button. He says, "I thought you were professionals." <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, I don't want him to think otherwise now. So, what were you trying to say, Matt? Get spit it out. I'm trying to think of the phrase they're using for the 
bloody documentation that that now, that they're suggesting needs to be filled out every time uh, more a than twenty times. That's the one. Declaration, declaration of understanding. That's the one. I was thinking of a memorandum of understanding. I was going back I'm, to my corporate law days. I'm I'm glad one of us is. Uh, is well prepared for this discussion no, uh, and i'm glad i'm glad we really care about that much we can't even remember what it's called uh but basically you can even explain it matt declaration of now you know what it's called yeah well it's, and, and that's part of that process of the treatment of manure as a as a industrial waste product so it's that you know adding all this extra uh bureaucracy around what's been a, a pretty long-standing practice um one of the other things i think was concerning not so much in the in the draft document from the epa but it was also the the potential suggestion that um when manure is getting applied to to a paddock for room you know that, that will eventually be used for rumen rumen and animals um that there could be a extension of the current period i think the, the withholding period now is about three three weeks which is pretty standard practice, but they're talking about extending that out or potentially even you know, making it uh, something that they don't want to see at all, um, even after the manure is well and truly you know, kind of gone into the soil and enriched the soil. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it was something that came uh, out of the blue a little bit. It seemed to be a bit of lack of consultation, but part of this process now, I believe, is the consultation, but it's a very short window of time. And It's, it's a short window and it seems to be a decision that's made and, and and you said it's something manure is something that's been used for a long time Here, here's a fact for you it's been used as far back as the mesopotamian farmers eight thousand years ago so we always talk in agriculture about these superfoods these ancient grains there's nothing more ancient than pig and cow shit and so also i guess yeah the use of the use of manure in in a in a, in a hugely um important area in that in that uh, organic space you know it's a, a lot of these a lot of these kind of growing it's a growing market it's a valuable market and um it's one that's uh, obviously you know got the right environmental credentials and sustainability um aspects around it and and they're heavily, heavily reliant on this uh, manure as the fertilizer rather than the synthetic stuff um you know and so you've got someone like the epa environmental protection authority making it more difficult for in very environmentally friendly agricultural businesses to do their business. It just it's just ridiculous. I don't know what the VFF stance is, Ryan. You might be able to illuminate us a bit there. Um, no, I think we've been um, blindsided and surprised the same as everyone else. Um, becomes a bit of a bit of a pattern with this. We found out about the rail in the weekly time in the in the news. Um, we found out about dingoes and the grampians without any consultation. Um, I do digress. Um, my my two big questions about it is though, what's it do with your um, your pig shit price chart? Well, that's that's the big question. Where, where's that going? Well, I guess we don't know, and that's the thing. Like many people know, that we've got a pig farm, Matt and I, but uh, with that. Um, we, we obviously have to sell that manure, but I guess the concern that we have is it becomes too hard. And, and look, we're hopeful that, you know, people who buy manure will still continue to buy manure, but we've got to put a lot more onerous, you know, paperwork to go through for a product, which is natural anyway. Like I can see that there's been issues, there has been issues with, with manure in the past from, I believe the cotton industry, uh, like manure that's used uh, with, with composted uh, cotton waste. 
that had still had herbicide in it and then that was fed to it was because of issues anyway but in in the manure issue in victoria there doesn't seem to be that many issues but i think my main concern about it is is more from a point of view of you know i ain't no i'm no bloody greenie like matt and matt's the, the resident greenie here uh, but the reality is that we are producing a, a product or all pig farms, all chicken farms, producing a product which is sustainable, recyclable, but it also will go some way towards all of that carbon neutral, emissions free, you know, targets. And that is that is one of the ways that the pig industry will 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 be able to get there, uh, even more than they already have. So, I guess it's a bit of it was a bit of a surprise when when it sort of came out that you know you have to have a plan in place by July, and it reminds me of a couple of years ago, it might be two years ago might even be one year ago when you had all that heavy goods vehicle stuff mm. chain of mm. chain of responsibility stuff it was it was about the same time it was like february the rules are changing in july you must have a plan otherwise you're going to jail but i'm a bit of an overreaction there but it felt like that at the time because that's one of the things that it's looking at is the responsibility you know if we have uh, if something happens to the manure after it leaves the farm you're still held liable. And that's, you know, when does responsibility end? I always thought it was once somebody else takes ownership. Mm. And it doesn't have to be, the, we're not asking for an open slather environment where you can just do whatever you want because you do have to still, you know, treat that manure with a, you know, according to, you know, certain guidelines, but to lump it all in with industrial waste is just feels like a bit of an overreach to me, um, you know, which is... Um, yeah, and, and like you're saying, Ryan, too, that you, I think VFF weren't the only uh, representative body that was blindsided absolutely by this statement. You know, so you would have thought, and I pr appreciate that they're consulting now, but I would have thought that there would have been some more direct consultation prior to the report, this this kind of report going out. Um, you know, with with key industry groups, you know, like APL, like VFF, like your chicken farmers. Uh, you know, there's a whole heap they could have spoken to. I think beforehand. Uh, we'll just see what happens over the coming weeks. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see ten, twenty thousand farmers out on the streets of Melbourne with banners, dumping States. manure, dumping manure at the steps of Parliament House. Steps of Parliament. I'm sure that's what we're going to see. Is there any room for more there? <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't need a you wouldn't need a license anyway. You probably actually mm. pick some up. Mm. <laughs> so. So anyway, we, we're sort of running out of time and uh, we, we've sort of probably better wrap this up now because it's been a bit of a long one. Uh, it's been fun, Ryan. Uh, you're one of the you're one of the few people that didn't look particularly nervous when you uh, when you signed up and you you immediately said, yeah, I'll be up for that. So, so good on you. Uh, like I said, we, we welcome any guests and it's it's never uh, it's never scary. I just. Yep. <laughs> thanks for the opportunity it was fun and i'll um if i said i'll stand by my statement on twitter the other day how's that going to go down well look ryan i think you know sometimes you know people have feelings and and when you called me ugly in a public <laughs> forum you know it's fine i know that really it is what is in the inside that counts it's not about looks 
There you so, go. Uh, and you can apologize just now if you want publicly. No, I'm not across to all this waste disposal, um, effluent disposal <laughs> laws now. And so there's just too much shit involved. I might just sit on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> but no, spoken like, like, like a politician, Brian. Yeah, f- f- future politician. You know, yeah, yeah. you know what people in agri political groups they, they've got. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end up in a couple of years' time. But no, thank, thanks for coming on, Ryan, in all seriousness. Uh, I always enjoy our, our chats. Uh, well, I say always, 20% of the time. Uh, but good to have a, good to have a chat. And, uh, and yeah, we'll see what happens with the rail. And uh, we, can have, we can have a joint protest. You know, we'll, you know, we'll take some, some uh, manure down by rail into Melbourne and see what happens. But no, in all seriousness, we'll uh, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks because it's going to be interesting. Mm. So thanks for coming on, Matt. You can do the uh, the outro as we call it. It's my turn this time. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks also from my perspective, Ryan. It was good to. Uh, I've not met you in person, so this is as close as we've got at the moment. I'm sure I'll catch you at some venue. Um, appreciate your thoughts and your inputs, uh, listeners. If you've enjoyed the podcast, make sure to share it around. Let people know about it. Um, and uh, I think we'll uh, see you when you've got nothing on, Andrew. Yep, thanks for now. See you soon.